0: My sermon text this morning comes from the book of Romans, chapter 13, beginning with verse 8. Listen for the word of God. Owe no one anything except to love one another, for the one who loves another has fulfilled the law, the commandments, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not murder, you shall not steal, you shall not covet, and any other commandment are summed up in in this word, love your neighbor as yourself. Love does no wrong to a neighbor, therefore love is the fulfilling of the law. Besides this, you know what time it is, how it is now the moment for you to wake from sleep. For salvation is nearer to us now than when we became believers. The night is far gone, the day is near. Let us then lay aside the works of darkness and put on the armor of light. Let us live honorably as in the day, not as reveling in drunkenness, not in debauchery or licentiousness. let us, not in quarreling and jealousy, inward, excuse me, instead put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to gratify its desires. Let us pray. Most gracious and loving God, I thank you, Lord, for the word that you've given to us. I ask, God, you open our hearts and our ears to receive the word, God. You let the words that I speak, God, be words that have been given from you. In the name of Christ, we pray. Amen. Love one another. Loving one another is the greatest commandment that he could have ever given us. Paul told the church at Rome, he told the church at Rome, he said, if you will love one another, all of the other commandments that have been given to you will be taken care of. You will not have to worry about anything else if you would just love one another. We can see that in our world today. We can see all the hate and we can see all the bigotry. We can see all those things that are happening in our world today. And much of it is coming from Christian people. We can see that, but if we would just let all of that stuff go, if we would put aside our differences and we would love each other no matter what our differences are, we would all be in a much better place. We would all be a much better place if we would be the church that God has called us to be and go out and love one another above all other things. Our communities would be a better place. Our churches would begin to be filled because people would want to flock to them. I did this little trick thing and it didn't work. I put on on Facebook, on our church's Facebook page that that I understood there was going to be a shortage of pews. We thought we'd have it full today. I don't know what happened. I mean, it was going to be a shortage of gas. Everybody's in line at the gas station. But you know what? If we are truly the church and we're truly going out and we're loving people where they are, no matter where they are and who they are, if we are doing that, God will begin to bless by filling our pews. But that's not the reason we're supposed to do it. That's not the reason we're supposed to do it. There's there's genuine love and there's hypocrisy love. Hypocrisy love is a love that we want to go out and I'm going to love you and I'm going to love you just as much as I possibly can because I want you to come to my church. I want you to come fill my pew. I want you to sing in my choir, David's choir. Our choir, choir, God's (laughs) choir. I'm going to love you because I want something from you. I'm going to love you because... Because we need more in the offering place. I'm going to love you because this, because that. No. That's hypocrisy love. Genuine love is that I'm going to love you no matter what. I'm going to love you if I never see you in the door of my church. I'm going to love you if I never see you again in my life. I'm going to love you. If you've never been able to do anything for me, to bless me, that's okay. Because I am going to love you. That's the way Jesus loved us. He loved each one of us. Those of us that will never ever Turn to Jesus Christ. He died on the cross for them. Can't we not love those same people that Jesus loved on the cross? Can't we not love those same people? He says, we have to love. If you will just love, if you will just love, everything else will be taken care of. Swindell shared a story with me as they came into the sanctuary and that's the blessing, that's the praise that I want to share with y'all today. His brothers down at the coast and his house got messed up, flooded. He said the United Methodist Church came in and mucked out their house, took out all of their furniture, took out all the carpet, cut out the sheetrock that had been messed up and what a blessing that was. You know what else he said? And I hope I'm not reveal anything I shouldn't be, but he'll get me if I did, if I am. He said, he doesn't know the Lord. He doesn't. He's not in church. He doesn't know the Lord. But isn't that what we're supposed to be as a church? It doesn't matter if if, if they're Christians or not. It doesn't matter where they are in their walk. But if we love them, it's possible it's just possible that they're going to find Jesus through our love. They're going to find Jesus through our love. And do you know those people that work with UMCOR and the United Methodist Committee on Relief, those people that go out and clean out these houses and are there with these people giving them the flood buckets and handing out uh, food and handing out mosquito spray, that's a big thing right now. They need mosquito spray like bad because mosquitoes are horrible. Those people that hand out those things and do those things, what a blessing they receive by seeing the hope that's restored in the lives and the eyes of the people. What a blessing they receive. But do they do it for their blessing? No. They do it in order to be a blessing, to be the light of Jesus Christ. The scriptures go on to tell us that there is an urgency. There is an urgency about our love that we need to be giving. There is an urgency because there's things happening that we are closer to the day of salvation than we were when we first became believers. Now, when I got saved, and I remember uh, uh, thinking, as, I don't remember the day I got saved, the time that I got saved, but I remember thinking, you know, I am saved from sin, I'm saved from evil, I'm saved from whatever it is, I'm supposed to be saved, I'm saved from hell, if nothing else. But the scriptures say the day of salvation is even coming closer than when you first believed. When you first, that's what Paul told the church at Rome. He first said, first of all, you've got to love. And then he said, do you understand, church? You've got to wake up. You've got to wake up. You can't just be someone that comes and sits in the pew on Sunday morning. You've got to be ready to get your feet wet and get your feet dirty and walk out in that weighty, that flooding waters and do something in order to bring the light and hope of Jesus Christ to the world. That's what Paul told the church at Rome. And I believe that's what God is telling us today. That's what God is telling us today. We get comfortable. We get so comfortable where we are. We get so comfortable in in, in our journey, and where we are in our journey, and and, and whether or not we ever do anything else or not. And and, and I'm thankful, don't get me wrong, I want you here every Sunday morning. I want you here, and I want you to to, to be involved in worship and to lift up praises to Jesus Christ. As we come and worship. But there's so much more to it than that. Because we've got to give the love of Jesus Christ out. There's an urgent need for love in this world. And it's our job as Christians to do it. We talk and we preach about the armor of God. And putting on the breastplate of righteousness. And having the sword and shield. We talk about all of those things. But the scriptures here. What did they tell us? Paul made it very simple for the Christian. He said first of all you've got to Love. You've got to love with a genuine, real love that reaches out to the lost and the dying. He says, secondly, what do you have to do? Put on Jesus Christ, the Lord. Put on the light of Jesus Christ, the Lord. Because it is Jesus Christ through you that the darkness of the world will diminish and go away. It is Jesus Christ through you as Christians that the darkness of the world will go away. One day, somebody put on Jesus Christ and they loved me enough and they said it was urgent enough to love me that I was led to salvation through Jesus Christ. I was led to the altar. I was led to the cross. And the same way for each one of you that are here today. If you know Jesus Christ, someone at some point in your life put on the light of Christ and led you to the altars, led you to the foot of the cross that you might know him, that you might know Jesus. And there's some of us today, and I I go through my times, and, and, and each one of you, I know you go through your times from time to time when it's just dark. It's just dark. You worry about family. You worry about your children. You worry about your grandchildren. You worry about, about, about your aunts, your uncles, your your moms, your dad. You worry about your church. You worry about your jobs. You worry about yourself. It just seems, Sometimes it just seems dark. But as a church, we must be here to lift one another up. To lift each other up. There's a, a video on Facebook and it just really struck me hard. It really hit my heart. And I thought that is being the church, just like this, going to Methodist Church, going out and and, and mucking out a dirty old house for a man that doesn't know Jesus Christ. It's being the church. And it was about the Rockport High School football team and how the coach was surprised when practice time the team just started showing up and they started playing and practicing. The saddest thing about that whole thing to me was the was, was when they showed a field goal kick practice, the field goal was not there. The pole was there, but there were no poles standing up. The vertical poles were not there, but they kicked it, and they didn't care. They didn't care. What one of the young men said on the interview it was from a news station what one of the young men said was that we are a family here we are a family here to lift each other up to lift each other up and the reporter said you said family not team he said we're well, more than a team we're a family the church is longing for a family The world is longing for a family. The church is too. The world is longing for a family. Someone to say it doesn't matter if the vertical bars are on the goalpost or not. We're there for each other. We're there to hold each other, to lift each other up. No matter what storms come our way, no matter what happens in our lives, we are there to be the light of Christ. And sometimes we have to just be the light for one another for each other, to be that light that we as Christians can feel his presence when we're together. And that we can take that presence with us when we go to our places, to our homes, to our work, to our play. There's an urgency for love. There's an urgency to be the family of God. There is an urgency to be the church to each other, to those who we work with, to those who we go to school with, to those that we shop with, to those that we see here and there throughout our community. There's an urgency. The ministers will be meeting at the Conley on Tuesday up top so we can look out in all directions and pray Jesus Christ over our city there's an urgency that we love there is an urgency that we see those that are living in darkness and we don't condemn them but we love them and we want to reach out our hand just like Jesus would do to us And pull us out of it. There's a need. That need is greater than anything we can think of. For us to put on the light of Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior. And be that light to burst through the darkness that's around us. And that light is shown through love. That light is shown through love. John Wesley had three rules, do no harm, resist evil, and do all the good you can in any way that you can. Those three rules, if we follow those three rules, it leads us right back to the rule that Paul told the church at Rome, just love, 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 love. He said, love your neighbor like you love yourself. Now for some of us, that may be a problem. For some of us, we may not love ourselves very much. For some of us, we may look in that mirror and think, I don't like that man looking back at me. Or I don't like that woman looking back at me. I'm not talking about the way our hair looks or if we're skinny or fat or if we're wrinkly or smooth skin or whatever it may be. I'm talking about the soul. The heart. Are we where we need to be with Jesus to love ourselves? Are we where we need to be with Jesus that when we look in that mirror, we look, so we see somebody looking back at us and we see Jesus Christ through those eyes? We feel His love, we feel His presence. If not, that's where God wants you to be today. He wants you to be at that place that you can love yourself urgently and love your neighbor as yourself. Jesus didn't go and die on a cross for the fun of it. He didn't die on the cross even to bring glory to Him, which is what we're supposed to be doing. He died on the cross because He loved urgently. He saw the need of a dark, dying, sick world And he said, let me stand in their place. And he's calling us today to take that place of honor, of love. The love that he gave to us through the cross. And give that love to the world that is around us. Maybe you're hurting today. Maybe you don't like that person when you look in the mirror. Maybe you feel the hate and the pain that has broken your heart in whatever way. God wants to replace it. He wants when you look in the mirror to see the light of Christ shining back. To see and to feel and to know the need of the urgency of the love that he has shed for each one of us through his blood. He wants you to love yourself today so that we can fulfill his commandment to love our neighbors. And so that we will know that there's such an urgency for the power of God to flow through the church that we can love one another with the light of Christ. I don't want Christ to look at me And let his heart be broken. Because I can't love myself. I want Christ to look at you and let his heart be broken because you don't love yourself. Because today he is telling us we are worthy to receive the light and the love of Christ. And we are worthy to be made whole and to give that light and love out to others with brokenness, with hearts that are, have taken, all hope has been taken from them. For people that need mosquito spray, for people that need their their homes mucked out and cleaned out, for people that need cleaning buckets, for you, who just need to feel God's love once again. He's calling us today He is calling us today. Hear his call. Hear his cry. Feel the urgency that he felt on the cross to love. To love. Most gracious and loving God. I know that there are those today that somehow have not felt your hope, your love. I know that there are some today, Lord, that want to give up. They want to say it's not worth it. There are some today, Lord, that haven't felt the power of the blood that you shed to fill our hearts with love in a while. There's those today, Lord, that can't love someone who is different. They can't forgive someone who has hurt them. Restore us, God. Restore us with your mighty love, your mighty power. Create within each one of us a clean heart and let us accept each other where they are on their journey. The beginning of salvation or coming to the end. Let us look with urgency upon ourselves on others, on the world. Let us start, God, with being in love with our spirit. Fill us, Lord, today.